there's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to freeze. Wait. Not a game. Not a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Welcome to Points in the Paint podcast presented by Stadium. And this week for our NBA team previews, we went all the way to the Philadelphia area, the neck of the woods, to find out what's going on in terms of the Philadelphia 76ers this offseason as we head into this upcoming season. And, and to do that, we got to bring on Philly, Philadelphia Inquirer, beat writer for the 76ers, Mr. Keith Pompey. We appreciate you coming on. How you doing? Man, I'm, I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. And uh, first and foremost, I just want to say, like, how have the Sixers been looking throughout, you know, training camp so far to start the season? You know, it's really tough to say. Um, and, and the reason why I'm saying that is because they they have two preseason games. And um, Joel Embiid, P.J. Um, Tucker, and James Harden only played in one, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I will say is, you know, Two guys, Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris. I mean, Maxey looked phenomenal, and I know it's the preseason, right? But he's, like, shooting, like, 78% from the field, 71 from three. Um, <laughs> Tobias Harris looks good, too. But the, the question mark is how are – we know Joel's going to come to play, but the big question with the Sixers is how is James going to look? And we only got a small sample size of him, and I, I think you learn more hopefully after Monday on, on how he how he looks. What do you expect from that duo this season? There's there's obviously high expectations, but do, do you think they can meet those high expectations together? You know what? I, I'm not 100% sure about that. I mean, I and, and, and the reason being is, is because, you know, I, I think we may have to temper the expectations a little bit because a lot of people are looking at it and saying, okay, are we going to get the James Harden of old? And and I don't think that we will. I, I think that we'll get, you know, probably, you know, a, a facilitator, James, a guy who can to get who can get some buckets at time. But I, I think that, you know, there, there comes a time when, you know, he's going to be more of a facilitator than the scorer that everybody expects him to be. But I do think that the person who can make up for that will be Tyrese Max. I'm not saying he's going to play in the MVP type role. But I think that he'll take some of the, the pressure that Harden has and Embiid has in that duel off of those two. Now, he talked, now we mentioned obviously the Joel Embiid and what James Harden duo. I want to talk about the backcourt duo with James mm-hmm. Harden and Tyrese Maxey. We saw a few uh, videos of them working out together over the summer. What can you tell us about their growth uh, together as a backcourt? Oh, it's, it's crazy. I mean, because, um, you know, it's to the point where you look at James, you know, James is 33, Tyrese is 21. It's kind of like a, a, a way older brother, older, older brother, right? You know what I mean? And um, I, I, he's even, 
you know, Tyrese was talking about yesterday how, you know, he's a guy who kind of is sharing some of the tricks of the trades with him. So I look more of it as like, you know, he's not really quite handing over the keys to the car, but he's like teaching them how to drive the car. You know what okay. I mean? Giving them those lessons, so to speak. So I, I think it's going to work out well. My one question is when you see these two guys, you know, is, is neither one of them is what you call a lockdown defender. So how are teams going to attack them? You know what I mean? So I think that's the biggest problem. But as far as their growth, I mean, I have to say that since James has been here, he's taken them under his wing. I mean, even every day after practice, they're like putting in work. Um, so I think James has been a good mentor for him. Um, but I don't think James is quite ready to hand over the keys. But the big question mark is what are they going to do on a defensive end? Because, that's a weakness right. for both guys. <laughs> what, what do you think are some of the biggest issues that they have to they have to attack uh, through training camp and into the season that they have to fix in order to become that contender that seemingly everyone thinks they can be, but I'm sure especially they have some James issues. Harden. Yeah, especially especially <laughs> Harden. Well, what what are some issues you think they have to correct here? You know, I think the biggest issue that the biggest problem that they have is chemistry, and I'm and I'm not saying like that in a, a negative way. I'm not saying mm-hmm. guys are fighting and arguing and stuff. But I think when you bring so many new players in, you have to find a rhythm. And, and, and that's the one. When we look at Harden and Embiid, um, you know, they, they, they need to get to get the uh, pick and roll together. When we look at Joel Embiid, he's like, he's not really a roller. He tried it, but he's kind of like a pip, pick and pop type of guy. But when you do that, you're kind of crowding the space. I think that. They got to, uh, they got to, Joel has to roll. Another thing that they need to work on is, you know, when you look at the 76ers post-ups passing in the post, they were, they're probably like one of the, what a, one of the worst teams in the league with that. Like that's a turnover waiting to happen. And I think with Joel Embiid and the shooters that they have, they have to get that right because, you know, you get a ball to him and he could quarterback the gym, so to speak, find open guys. Right. But if you don't get that pick and roll down and you don't get that uh, post-ups down, I think that there's struggle. And then guys have to find their roles with this team. Okay. So so you mentioned the the guy. So who do you think that the Philadelphia 76ers, in terms of the offseason, who they brought in, who do you think are some of those guys who will be able to do some of those things for them? You know what? I think right now when we – well, of course, P.J. Tucker, right, you know, P.J. Tucker, I know he's 37 years old, but he, for the 76ers, he's that vocal leader that they need. You know, like Joel can lead, you know, James can lead, but P.J. Tucker is a champion, you know, and and, and he's a role player. So a lot of times it's like, you know, it's like, look, man, I'm a role player, but I'm vocal, but I won. You know what I mean? And he works hard. He does all that other stuff. And and I think the fact that he won a championship – is one of those things where a lot of guys like listen to him and he's also older, right? Mm-hmm. The other guy that I would say who is, could have a big impact on his team is the Anthony Melton. And mm-hmm. I'm saying that from the aspect of if you look at the Anthony Melton, he's everything that the Sixers want, right? And, and he's also, he also has some weaknesses that the 76ers have and and I think they can all grow together. And what I mean by that is the Sixers want a gritty guy. They want a defensive minded guy who's going to be all over you, 
a guy who's going to be in the corner and knock down corner threes. That's what they need. They need someone. When we talk about James Harden and we talk about um, Tyrese Maxey not being very good on the defensive end, these are two. He's a guy who could come in and help out with that. But the hungry part that I like is he's out to prove that his struggles in the past couple of years in the postseason that he's a better player than that. You look at the Sixers; they're out to prove that they can get out of the second round. So I look at him and I'm like, "Dang, this guy's a a perfect fit for what they're trying to do, right?" So I look at him. Um, I would have to say, now I know they have Daniel House Jr. and they also have um, Montrez Harrell. And I think both of these guys are going to play key roles on that team. Um, You know, right now Montrez is running with the threes. He's not the, he's a third string center, but he's also, you know, one of the backup power forwards. But when I want to, when I talk about greediness and, 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 and all that, the dogs, all of them have it. But I think that two of the key newcomers that they got are um, PJ Tucker and DeAnthony Melton. I like it. Got those dogs in them, apparently. Oh, no, they all that's got what dogs. teams need, though. Yeah, no, that's, are, it seems like dogs. that's kind of what the 76ers needed. That's like what they desired because, like you said, they need to get past that second round. They need some of that help. And, and guys like Joel and James are great, and, and they'll take you so far, but you kind of need those guys with the dogs in them. You kind of need the guys that will push you a little yeah. bit. And then, like, Do the my, dirty work. And then my thing is, too, like who's going to be that fifth starter? Is it going to be PJ? Would it be Melton? Like who would it be? It's going to it's going to be PJ. I mean, it's going to be PJ. And and the reason being is, you know, there's a I, I think that if it wasn't PJ, it could be Matisse Thibel. Right. I mean, and, and the reason being is because, see, interesting. The, that is the, interesting. The, the, yeah. I, I, and, you know, but here, the reason why I'm saying that is if you look at PJ right now and I, and I know that PJ is older, we're talking about. 37 years old, right? He's getting up there. <laughs> He's getting up there. Um, but the thing is, he can defend still. Like, you know, defense is all about effort and all that other stuff. But he also is a, 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 a space creator. And what I mean by that, he goes off to the corner and then that enables like Joel and, and, and James to play the two man games. Then you have James and Tobias doing other things. PJ doesn't care if he gets the ball or not, but you do one thing you do know is that he can hit a corner three. Yep. When you look at Matisse Thibel, he's improved in that area. He's improved in it. He's younger than him. He's, you can argue that he's, he's a, he is a better defender, you know, a, a two time all defensive guy. But the thing is, whereas Matisse has to prove himself at this stage, PJ has already proven himself. So, you know, we're talking about from the start of this season. We're not talking about what's going to happen at the end of the season or next season. But right now I look at PJ Tucker, you know, when they go to Boston on um, the 18th, you know, PJ Tucker being in the starting lineup. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And 
Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ooh, okay. Joel Embiid, 2022-2023 NBA MVP. <laughs> you know, I think, I think, I think if, if I think if the 76ers are real successful, he's going to have a great chance to get that. I mean, you think about it. He was the runner-up the last two years, right? I think if everything goes right, and if, like we said, if they get that pick and roll down, if they do these post-ups and they run everything through them. I think he has a great chance to get it. Now, you know, if, if you talk to NBA executives, they have him ranked third. Um, they have what I believe Luca with 48 and Giannis 34% and Joel got 14% of the votes. So there are some people saying, ah, he's not going to get it. But I, I feel like coming off of a year where he averaged 30.6 points and you look at this team and all the expectations and Doc really wants to run his offense through him, I think it's set up for him. To, to get it. But again, everything has to go well for him. Was he snubbed last year? You could be honest. Put it this way. The one thing that people in Philly can't accuse me of is being a homer, right? I mean, that's the one thing. Like, and sometimes like, come on, Keith, what are you doing? Why are you like hard on the team? So last year was the first year that I actually voted for Joel Embiid to get MVP. Ooh. It was the first year that I actually voted for him to be first team All-NBA center. Yeah, the first year, the first. Because, Interesting. Yeah, you know, and it, because, I mean, again, like, you know, you, I, I don't, you know, I, I got to go with what I see and, and what I think and, you know, stuff like that. And last year, I honestly felt like he was snubbed because if you take, if you took Joel Embiid off of that, off of that team last year, they would be a play-in team. I mean, <laughs> I like they just would. I mean, the guy was getting like 40 points. I think he had 50 points one game. He was getting 30. And, like, he would get, like, 39, 15, and, like, 8. And they and he would have to hit the game-winning three or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. So if you take him – if you if, if you took Joel off that team, they would have been battling to be the seventh and eighth seed, in my opinion. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I agree. I, see, I was all on the Jokic train. Yeah. I love my little <laughs> man, Nikola Jokic. But two in a row, I don't think I would have guessed two in a row. And I would have, I'm honestly shocked that he won two in a row because usually that's spared for like guys like LeBron. I, I, I was kind of surprised Joel didn't win it because I usually you don't see guys win it two in a row just because you get voter fatigue pretty often. Yeah. I mean, Jokic had a, he had a pretty good year. I mean, the thing is, I think what happens is with him was, a lot of people get caught up now in the analytics of everything mm. and saying he's the first guy to do this and that. And, you know, and, and, and I understand it. I get it. Um, and, and, and also you also have that. And it's not like, I'm not going to say a bias, but sometimes I feel like reporters on the East in the Eastern conference vote for guys. They see more than uh, one guy. They only see once a year. You okay. know what I mean? So, yeah. and I feel like it, it, it went that way for both players, but, you know, I think he got people got caught up in the analytics and said he's the first to do this and do that. But they also didn't look at it and say that, you know, Joel 
um, was the first center to lead the league in, in scoring Said since Shaq. Shaquille in 2000. You know, he was the first center to lead to score more than 30 points since Bob Back McAdoo in like 1979 or something like that. Like I'm, you, you understand what I'm saying? The first yeah, one. Yeah, I understand that context. Since sure. Moses. So I think we got more caught up in the statistics than we did actually looking at it through our own eyes and seeing how much better he made that team. Okay. So what final question, right? Final question. Oh man, this is a, this is your question. This is for you. Mm-hmm. And so your boldest bold prediction for the Philadelphia 76ers would be what? Well, you know, the boldest prediction is that I don't see them getting right now. I just don't see them advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals. What? Yeah, right now. I mean, well, and I know that sound. I mean, I have them number three. Um, but again, stuff can change. Right. But but right now, when I look at it, I have to ask myself: Are they better than Boston and Milwaukee? Nope. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Do you think they're better than Boston and Milwaukee? Well, see, for Milwaukee at least, I think they're I think they're just as good as Milwaukee, maybe right underneath them. But then Boston, with their whole situation and Robert Williams, like he may yeah. not be yeah. ready by the time the, uh, the season starts. So that's what's tough for me to put Boston ahead of Philly. Now I can have Philly that like a two seed, three seed, you know, flirting around there with what the Brooklyn Nets, right? Yeah, I think that's fair. Like yeah. I can see those four te- those four teams panning out, you know, rearranging yeah. in the in the first four. The thing that I have with the Sixers is, and, and the only thing, and again, this is me going right now. So the biggest thing when we look at James Harden, like we talked about him in the beginning, right? Yeah. I, I feel like we got to see which version of James Harden comes back. Like, I feel like if we saw the version, last year's version of James Harden, I don't think they can do it unless you rely heavily on on Maxie, Right. And as much as I like Maxi, I feel like if James Harden is struggling, then next thing you know, it's going to be extra, extra attention on Maxi. And he may not get as many, he'll get, he'll score, but it won't be as easy as it has been for him. Right. So again, that's my bold prediction, so to speak. But at the same time, if James Harden comes out and he balls out, then it changes. Again, I just need to see them play. I need to see them play. Well, Keith Pompey, Philadelphia Inquirer, Sixers beat reporter. Keith, appreciate you joining us talking 76ers. Oh, where can yeah. people uh, where can people find your work? Where can people find you online? Yeah, they they can find my um they can find me on Twitter at Pompey on Sixers. You can read my work in uh, at inquire.com and uh I guess you can uh, go to my IG page. That's also Pompeii on six. Yeah, get the IG in there. You got to plug the IG. <laughs> pictures of airports. <laughs> Perfect. Pictures of airports. You know, sometimes you need a little bit of a change up from basketball. Yeah. yeah. Keith Pompey, appreciate you joining us. Thanks for having me, fellas. Oh, yeah, no doubt, no doubt.